Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 405 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today, another in the How We Eat series, this time with Matt, a type 1 who eats a plant-based diet. This is the third in the series. It's a new series. We're just getting it off the ground. So far on episode 373, we had a vegan. Episode 400, Dr. Paul Saladino came on and talked about carnivore eating, even though he doesn't have type 1. He was a, a good source of information about that style of eating. Today, Matt, who's plant-based, but not for any moral reasons. And there are many more coming, but I'd like to add your story to the show. If you have a specific, particular, or interesting way that you eat and you have type 1 diabetes, I'd love for you to come on the show and tell people about it. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or trying a garbanzo bean. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. And to learn more about the blood glucose meter that Arden uses, all you have to do is go to contournext.com forward slash juicebox. There you're going to learn all about the Contour Next One blood glucose meter, the apps that are paired with it for Android and iPhone. If you wish to have those apps, you don't have to have them to use this great meter and so much more. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. And don't forget to add your name to the T1D registry, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. There are links right there in the show notes of your podcast player and at juiceboxpodcast.com if you can't remember what I just said. My name is Matthew Faust. I have been diabetic since age five, which is 31 years. Wow. It's a long time, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm still continued to be amazed at the advancements. Um, when I was five, I was on Humulin N and Humulin R, right. which when I look back now, I'm just like, how am I still alive? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was processed, right? It was you put that in and eat at certain times. And is that how it went? Absolutely. I remember... When I started school, because when I was diagnosed, um, it was a little before kindergarten and snack time and lunchtime had to be perfect. Otherwise, you would run low. Um, and it, it just continued. I'm, I'm amazed like at the advancements now with like I'm on Fiosp and um, mm -hmm. heck, I can forget the bolus sometimes and I'm still OK. <laughs> you know, you know what? I'm interested in that because. This might be where I end up saying this is we tried Fiasp or however they say it um, uh -huh. for Arden and she's in the middle of it now, meaning she's maybe a vial and a quarter into it. Mm -hmm. And she, as soon as we put it on her, she's like, Hey, this stings when you're bolusing. And I was like, all right. And then she started using the word burns and I was like, Oh, now here's the problem. I'm actually 
better at her blood sugar than I was before, which without being immodest, Matt is saying something. <laughs> and, and so, I, right, so I got better at it, but we're, you know, I got to say five or six pods into it. And she says that the sites are sore. They feel bruised. It always stings when it goes in. And I don't, I think we're going to have to bail on it if it doesn't abate. But did you have any of that in the beginning? Before Fiosp, I was on Novolog, and my endocrinologist was like, why don't you give Fiosp a chance? And I did, and I actually did notice little slight stings. Mm -hmm. um, and recently, I'm on Omnipod, um, and I'm, I'm looping with Dexcom. Um, I noticed my sites for the pods were reacting and i'm wondering i've tried every type of adhesive barrier um yeah and i'm wondering if it is a reaction with the theosp i'm not ready to bail yet because of how amazing it is with my sugars <laughs> so it's like do i want my skin to break out and itch my skin off or do i want good sugars isn't that something I, I i'm glad arden's not having a, a, a like a dermatology reaction i really am but at the same time, like she was laying on the floor last night. She likes to have her back cracked. And mm -hmm. so she's like, don't touch my thigh. My thigh is sore. And the pod's only been on for like a day. And that is not something that happened at all with Apidra. And it's not like we were bad at Apidra. Um, but your point about the Fiasp is, is correct in that there's been twice now since we've been using it where one time it was just like a pod change at a really awkward time. So there was a new pod on going into a restaurant, uh, handmade potato chips and a Belgian waffle with real syrup. And like her <laughs> blood sugar only went to like 165 and, and it was, you know, I think that was the, the insulin. Now, could I have done the same thing by just using more Apidra? I think I could have. Um, and I'm not going to torture her. Like, you know, some people have said the stinging comes and in about a month it goes away. If she doesn't see it dwindling, we're going to have to, to go back. And it's not like yeah. a, head down thing i think a peach is really great but yeah it was worth a try absolutely. and we weren't trying by the way i guess i should say here before we get into why you're here we didn't switch from a pedra and try fias because of a pedra being a problem we were just trying to see like we're, we're like finally picking through arden's health like is there a filler in a pedra that doesn't exist in fias and would a muscle yeah. pain or an ache change or something like that so it's just a lot of you know yeah, you're, you you always want to advance and even fine tune things. You know, find the you you want to live your best life. That's yeah. like a human human nature. So 100%. if you can fill in and um, you know, better yeah. your diabetes management. Yeah, even not? when you like yeah. need a supplement, right? And he's like, oh, I need to take absorbic acid, right? And you buy yeah. one brand, try a different brand too. Like maybe this brand's yeah. not as good as that one, or vice versa. But you know, it's you just can't do one thing and stop. So. Anyway, yeah. I don't think it's going to last much longer, but I'm glad it works for you. And I do agree with you. Um, for the people that I hear it works for, they all say what you say, which is it just it seems to act more quickly. And she definitely has not had as many. And, and again, it's not to say she had a ton of them, but, you know, tail end lows like hours after a meal, they don't seem to exist even at all, which I guess yeah. is what's leading to more stability through the uh, through the, the 24 hours. Yeah, the the like if I forget the pre bolus, which you know I'm human and um, I don't eat on a perfect schedule because it's life. I have a kindergartner right now upstairs doing virtual learning. Yeah, wife is 39 weeks pregnant doing a um, 
online doctor's visit. Like I cannot eat exactly on time. So sometimes you forget. And with the FIOSP, it's bam. It's it's right there for me. All right, Matt. I'm sorry. This is going to be our first uh, detour. You're missing your wife's OB appointment to be on this podcast? That's my first question. (laughs) And secondly, (laughs) and I don't mean to be indelicate, but what does she like hop up on a desk and open her legs in front of the laptop or how does that work exactly? So, so so that part happened last week, the in-person visit, um, with the pandemic going on, that was the first appointment I was allowed to go to. So I got to see the baby for the first time on the sonogram. Um, This is actually an appointment for the unborn baby (laughs) with the pediatrician of like, Hey, it's in here. Uh, it's gotcha. coming out. You're going to see it sometime. <laughs> so. I understand. Has that been? Well, first of all, I'm glad to hear your wife is not an unwitting partner in a webcam scam. And uh, <laughs> imagine the baby comes and you get to the hospital and the guy's not there. And they're like, where's Dr. Phillips? And they're like, there's no Dr. Phillips. <laughs> uh, but but uh, but <laughs> so when did she get pregnant? 39 weeks. So, so it is not a coronial, as I like to call them. It is not a coronavirus baby. It was two weeks previous to when the world shut down. She knew she was pregnant. Okay. Um, so everybody, you know, plays the joke. Well, I know what you guys were doing during the pandemic. No, it, it was before the pandemic. So. Right. Well, I hope you're still doing that. But at the same point, I understand what you're saying. You don't want your child wandering around their whole life going, I only exist because my parents were bored and locked in the same house together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I hate to break it to those kids, but that's pretty much why we're all here. But nevertheless, nevertheless. Yes. <laughs> um, 100%. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And it hasn't been a problem for her to do. Um, like virtually often and then in person, it's all worked out. Obviously she's healthy and she's doing well, right? She is amazing. Yeah. Both my daughter and my wife are taking this like absolutely the best possible case they could. Um, my daughter is in kindergarten and she loves it. She is attentive on the, uh, virtual learning and, um, my wife is a nurse and still working. <laughs> wow. She's, she's a trooper. Um, and she's going to continue. I mean, she might plop it out, you know, taking care of a patient. Who knows? I don't <laughs> well, I always imagine my, I saw my wife work straight through both of her pregnancies. And in the second one with Arden, she, she got home one day and she said, I was, I couldn't move quickly. She was in Manhattan. And she's like, I couldn't move quickly enough to get to the the subway in time. So I was late to get on the train. So there were no seats. She's like, I tried to stand, but I couldn't. So she sat on the floor for an entire like, like train (laughs) ride, you know? And, uh, and, and she's like, no one would give me a seat. I'm so pregnant. And she still kept going. And I think that she showed that determination because she thought if we leave it just up to that guy to make money for us, we're going to be in trouble. I have to keep going. I really took it as a more of a shot at me than anything else. But, uh, (laughs) well, I as well, am a, you know, yeah, I'm the basic majority caregiver, I want to say. So, um, God bless the women in our lives. (laughs) Isn't that great? Isn't that great how language has morphed over the last couple of decades? 
I was a stay-at-home dad, and when I, you know, and that's what they called it, and I was yep. happy to say that. And now you're basically the primary caregiver. <laughs> yeah, it, it changes. I I did not like the term "sad." <laughs> the acronym you didn't work for. It. <laughs> no, that's so funny. Um, it, I'll tell you. Back then, when I was when I wrote my book and stuff around Father's Day, I was like the most popular person uh, in the world because there were very few guys that were would say out loud, "This is what I do," and you know, and had any media contact at all. So I would. I was very popular in, in June. Uh, my mom told me one day she woke up and I was on the front page of her local newspaper. And uh, and she she was she was like I didn't tell her it was going to happen, but I also did not expect it to be on the front of the of the section, you know. Now I'm yeah. now, now I'm as I'm telling you wondering if people understand that newspapers had sections. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, but anyway, um, I was on vacation already and she called me and she's like, you're on the front page of like the lifestyle section of my newspaper. And I was like, I told you, mom, I'm very famous. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Uh, anyway, so, all right. So you have a, uh, a kindergarten aged child, a wife who's obviously a, more of a go-getter than you are and yourself, <laughs> you have type one diabetes. Is there any other endocrine issues in the family? Uh, I have an older sister who is five years older than me, and she is type one diabetic as well. Okay. Um, she got it first when we were growing up. I so I would have been three mm -hmm. when she got it. Our we grew up in a very small town um, in rural Pennsylvania. Okay. So endocrinologists, we didn't know they existed. So we had a family practitioner. He was amazing. He kept up to date the best that he could with what he had at where we were. Yeah. Um, and he said, there is no way I would get it. There is absolutely, if I would get it, it would be like getting struck by lightning 10 times. And I got the telltale symptoms. My mom knew it. She still tells the story today of, I knew you had it. I didn't want to pack the bags and take you to the hospital because then it would be known and I did not want to do it. But here I am, my sister and I, siblings who I was supposed to not get it and I got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my mom wasn't supposed to get pregnant, but I have two brothers. So uh, <laughs> it's funny how doctoring used to work. Like my mother was actually told, you know, uh, it's safe to go ahead and adopt You're, you know, and you're not going to have children. So they adopt me. And then afterwards, like you don't need to use birth control. And it proved out for a long time. My brothers and I are all five years apart, like, like a solid five years apart. So even when my brother Brian was born, they were like, well, that's a fluke. That'll never happen again, which was not good advice because now my mom at, you know, 78 years old has a son in her in his thirties, <laughs> you know, because like, she was all like, "I can't get pregnant. Doesn't matter." Um, wow. Yeah, but but imagine that was actual advice. Like, oh, can't happen to the second one. He was probably just playing the odds and trying to make your mom feel better, and uh, it backfired. Yeah. Backfired on him. Yep. Well, so now I'm crossing my fingers. My endocrinologist. I'm very good, like personal friends with him. Mm -hmm. He said statistically with my daughter, it's pretty low. I think he said 11%. And I'm just like, every time she gets moody because she's going through a growth spurt or, you know, she's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm like, oh, she's got diabetes. That's it. <laughs> Let me check her blood sugar. <laughs> Mood change. Every time she takes a sip of water. Oh, honey, she's got diabetes. We got to check her sugar. So I'm just, 
I'm crossing my fingers. Uh-huh. I, I mean, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I'm, I'm still here, but um, it is in the blood and in the genes. I was going to so. say it's working out for you and your sister, right? Um, yeah. So, okay. So you're on the show, Matt, because you, you um, responded when I said I wanted to talk to people who eat in specific and different ways. And um, which way do you eat? I am plant-based. Okay. Which I consider basically the vegan eating. Um, I don't eat dairy, meat, um, but I hate vegans. I I will not call myself a vegan. I do not like. <laughs> all right, like, hold on. Let's not make all the <laughs> vegans upset. But okay, here, so here's what. So you, let me make sure I let me pick through some ideas. You would need an egg. No. Okay. Is this a dietary decision or is it a moral decision or is it somewhere in the middle? There is no morals in my decision whatsoever. Um, Are there any morals in any I, of your decisions, man? No, <laughs> no none. No. I, I, um, I still hunt. Um, okay. I deer hunt. Um, you know, I fish. I just don't eat it. So I give it to friends who do. <laughs> that's So that's super interesting. So your whole life recently? How did you make it to this? About 15 years ago, I was a marathon runner. Okay. Um, pre-kids bachelor days when I had five hours to do training runs. Um, and I adapted the vegetarian diet. And I noticed with my training that my healing and my any inflammation from stress um, was significantly less. Um, and then I went back to eating normal um, food, you know, dairy and meat. And then about two years ago, my wife started having issues with eating dairy. Mm-hmm. So as a household, it's much easier to just eat, drink oat milk versus yeah normal. one of you drink uh, out of this carton and everybody's in this one right so you yes. make the switch so i cut dairy out and i started feeling really good um like i still exercise daily i'll i'll run just not 20 miles at a time right um i weight train um i'm a competitive axe thrower so i'm fairly active um and i i noticed like my joints you know stopped uh, they're not sore. So then I cut meat out again and it's just been working for me. For um, it, I like the way I feel. I feel like my mind is clearer. Um, my thinking, um, just kind of like spry, I guess. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Energetic. Is there, um, where are you with sugar? Do you eat sugar? I do. So a lot of the, plant-based as they will label the food now it's like i feel like it's the new craze plant-based 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 um a lot of those can be sugary um um so i do i eat sugar um and um the the plant-based diet for me is very grain heavy so um when i initially started eating that way full time, I was worried about my sugars, you know, cause grain and whole wheat spaghetti, it can be a nightmare yeah. as we all know, uh, with spiking your sugar. <clears throat> but, um, 
with the exercise that I, I, I make the exercise like a prescription, basically like six o'clock, I got to do something. I got to go on a hike. Um, and it's amazing. I was joking with my endocrinologist and I'm like, why didn't you ever tell me that if you exercise and eat right, that your sugars kind of do what they should. <laughs> so, you, uh, you, at least for me, I will say for me, I, I know that is not with everybody, well, but, um, no, there used to be this online initiative that I don't think exists anymore called the big blue test. And it just challenged people with type one diabetes or diabetes in general, I believe to go do 10 minutes of exercise, like look at your blood sugar, do 10 minutes of exercise, look at it again and log that. And most people experience some sort of a, of a decrease in their blood sugar, especially people whose blood sugars were, you know, um, higher. I think I, I've come to understand it better now. Um, and thinking that if you don't have active insulin in you, you can exercise without dropping. But most of these people had some sort of mistimed insulin in their system um, and their blood sugars were normally higher and, 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 you know, so exercising got that insulin working a little better and move it through their system, uh, you know, more efficiently. Um, that's something. So I, I want to understand what it means to eat a plant-based diet. So you got up this morning and ate what? I got up this morning. I ate avocado toast with some uh, sea salt sprinkled on it and the seaweed sprinkles, which I love that adds flavor to it. Um, and then a glass of uh, oat milk um, okay. with it. So you and I had incredibly similar and yet completely different uh, breakfasts. So I got up this morning. I, <laughs> I took bread that I made myself. I made a, a slice of toast and then I fried two eggs and I ate that with the toast, but I did sprinkle sea salt on the toast. <laughs> so, um avocado is something that's in my house constantly. I watch my girls eat it all the time. I've tried it and I've come to believe that my palate doesn't want, I, I, it's interesting. I have nothing against vegetables, but I don't eat them at all. And it's to my detriment and I'm aware of it, but there, I am very texture based not just with my eating, but even like I've noticed one thing about Corona, which is interesting now that some stores have kind of opened up a little bit and people were moving around for a while, that when I walk through a store, I touch everything that I go past. Fat fabrics, like tops, things like that. I, I It's part of my experience to feel something. And very similarly, if I put a pea in my mouth, it doesn't make sense to me that there's a crunchy shell on the top of squishy and then I'm out. Like it's, it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to put into words exactly what my problem is, but I eat like a four year old and, um, <laughs> and it's embarrassing. I am genuinely embarrassed. I don't want to eat uh plant-based, but I do wish I could incorporate more into my, into my diet because I end up having to supplement to make up for those things. Yes. You know? Yes. And if you, Google plant-based diet, you'll probably get 10 different ideas of what that means. It is. Yeah. It means, um, but from what I take away from plant-based, it is basically the new vegan, except it strays away from the moral ethics of like animals and, um, if you know some some people will say, well, plant based, you eat vegan, but 
sometimes you can eat meat when you want to. Um, so for me, I like, I do not eat it. It would not be the end of the world. Like if right. something got snuck in there, <laughs> but, yeah. um, so you'd eat a steak if you wanted a steak, you just don't want one. And, and so am I to understand that it's the, the branding for the lack of a better term, maybe it's not yeah. a lack of a better term. Maybe it's a perfect term. Vegan is I eat plant-based because either I want to, or I have a moral opposition to eating a living that was a once living thing. You're saying I have absolutely no trouble eating a once living thing. I just don't want to. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. That that is my interpretation uh, in my the way I eat. Um, yeah. Well, that's I what this still, whole series is yeah. is supposed to be about. Is about talking to different people about how they eat. I don't give a shit, Matt um, about <laughs> any of anybody's politics around food and. And I could sit here and make a passionate plea to not, you know, farm raise cattle and slaughter it for food. I think I could make a great argument about that. And and I still, at the same time, I did have a really uh, wonderful New York strip steak a couple of days ago. So I, I, I could make a great argument for, I think, beef in, um, you know, in moderation is great for someone's diet, too. So and but not for everybody. And I think this is what why you're here is to say that. I think you should eat the way your body wants you to eat. Like, I don't know if like your body kind of tells you what it likes and what it doesn't like. Right. Um, yeah. And what it deals better with. I'm sure there's vegan choices that you avoid. Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages two and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Everyone's given a blood glucose meter by their doctor, but did you ever stop to wonder if you got a good one? Is yours one of the most accurate on the market? Does it have second chance test strips? You know what I mean? So like when you touch the blood and it doesn't work, do your test strips allow you to go back and get more blood without messing up the accuracy of the test? Is yours easy to hold, simple to transport, have a bright light? Is it easy to read? Do you have the Contour Next One blood glucose meter? Go to Contour Next dot com forward slash juice box to learn more about what I think is the gold standard in accuracy. There's a lot going on at contournext.com forward slash juice box. For instance, you may be eligible for a free meter. There's information about test strip programs, and it's possible that buying the meter and strips with cash, meaning not going through your insurance, could be cheaper than going through your insurance. All of these answers and much more are answered at contournext.com forward slash juice box. The research that happens at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box has led to increased insurance coverage for blood glucose meter strips, changes in the American Diabetes Association's guidelines for pediatric A1C goals, and it's also impacted FDA expansion of CGM labeling to include finger stick replacements and Medicare coverage of CGM devices. Here's how it works. 
you go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. You join in something that is 100% HIPAA compliant and a million percent anonymous. All you have to do is be from the United States, a person who's living with type 1 diabetes or the caregiver of someone who is. And then you answer these very simple questions about type 1 diabetes. The T1D exchange aggregates that data and comes to conclusions that help move care forward for people living with type 1 diabetes. I went to the exchange as the parent of a child with type 1 diabetes. It quite literally took me about seven minutes to complete, and that was the end. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. You could help move things forward too. You can find links to all the sponsors and so much more at juiceboxpodcast.com or right there in the show notes of your podcast player. I'm sure there's vegan choices that you avoid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that I will not eat those weird tofu-y noodle things that look like spaghetti. I tried them. I'm like, oh, great, you know, low-carb spaghetti. Awesome. And I think I would rather slurp down snot than eat those things. (laughs) Wasn't good, Matt? Um, It was not. (laughs) I, I remember hearing somebody, gosh, I wish I could remember where I heard this. They said they were um, having the opportunity to ch- to try genetically. Um, There's a book she just wrote. I'm never going to think of her name. Um, she's got an opportunity to try genetically manufactured meats, and you know, she's trying them in front of the people who developed them. And and she said all the you know you know people were like, it's good, right? And she was like, oh no, it's it's terrible. <laughs> like I can I can <laughs> see where the technology is going, but this is. This does not taste right. It doesn't feel right. Like nothing about it was quite right. I think she was talking about chicken, like like literally yeah. like lab made chicken. Yeah. Well, now they are toying around with three D printing meat, which is kind of weird. It's like, right. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm the same way though. Like whatever floats your boat, whatever is right for you, live your best life. Do whatever makes you feel good. Right. I, it doesn't bother me, but like printing out meat i don't know it's <laughs> kind of weird it seems it, it seems like a strange leap I'm, i am trying so hard to remember her name right now i just heard her talking about her book somewhere and now i am for the life of me having trouble uh jenny Kleeman. i found it so she wrote a book um called sex robots and vegan meat adventures at the frontier of birth food sex and death anyway uh she was talking about this and she and she said you know like that just didn't it didn't feel right and it didn't taste right and yeah not that i but you know not that it couldn't at some point or that maybe in the future because right that's the idea i'm guessing is that that some people's arguments are going to be that more and more and more people and you create more and more and more cattle and pigs and you know everything else like eventually it'll take more space effort and resources to feed us than than we can you know balance i guess is the idea oh absolutely and we just keep growing too i mean what are we at now seven billion or something or what i don't even know the number (laughs) all those people eat every day if they're lucky and and a lot of them don't get to and there's a worldwide pandemic, so there might be 15 billion next year. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I really, I genuinely can't write. We, we could be doubled. <laughs> it could be doubled in another eight months. Um, I genuinely don't have a feeling about how people eat, nor do I think that I completely understand the science around 
you know, whether cow farts are as dangerous as landfills. You know, there's methane gas that comes from landfills. Is that more than cow farts? Maybe. I don't know. Like, and I, I think that when you hear arguments one way or the other, you're hearing them from people who, you know, if somebody says, oh, the cows aren't the problem, I'm going to guess those are either people eating meat or people selling meat, you, you know, and yep. and people who are like, it's the cow's fault. I guess don't want you looking in their landfills. I would pretty much guess, you, you know, how stuff like that. Yeah. Goes. Yeah. But, and I think we'll maybe eventually get to a point where everything equals in some sort of magical uh, equalization point. Like your body tells you the world will tell us, uh, right. hey, uh, we're out of meat. Uh, and then we'll adapt. That's what... else. I'll tell you what, I'll eat peas that day, Matt, and I'll smile. Um, <laughs> so, so it's fair to say that if you learned through trial and error that a completely meat-based diet for you, no vegetables, is what made your body feel right, you'd be doing that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Yep. That makes complete sense to me. Okay, so today for lunch, what are you going to eat? I will have... Probably tempeh. Um, I'll slice it up, make a wrap. Um, with the, I like how you called it, branding of plant-based. The options are just, you can get anything now. You can get, you know, mayonnaise, um, all these delicious sauces. So you can make it taste very, very good. So I'll probably have like a tempeh wrap with some sprouts and lettuce and maybe a salad on the side. I cannot be more honest than to tell you that I am vigorously trying to figure out what the hell tempeh is online right now. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, it's like a grain-based block of, I don't think it's like a, maybe it is a meat substitute, um, but fry it up in a skillet. It's pretty delicious. Okay, hold on. Uh, a traditional Indonesian soy product that is made from fermented soybeans. It is made by a natural culturing and controlled fermentation process that binds soybeans into a cake form. Matt, you're losing me where it says here a special fungus is used. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's spam out of soybeans kind of feeling like visually like it's longer the way they produce it, it looks like to me, but I'm assuming you buy it in a smaller block when you buy it. Yeah. It comes yeah. wrapped in usually like a plastic. Um, and it's like a rectangular shape and you can slice it. Um, a lot of the fake and bacon as they call it is now tempeh based. Like, uh, there's, there's a bunch of different brands now. Um, some of them have grains, some are soy, right. um, some are flax. Um, and I will say uh, that it makes you regular. You will not have any problems. With that. <laughs> you don't need a fiber substitute? <laughs> Absolutely not. I have plenty of fiber in my diet. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and it's, it is very, I guess it's a very natural thing. This is probably a very common food in other countries. I would assume so, yes. Yeah. Because of yep. the right, because it's just not, there's not much to it, but the soybean, I guess. Yeah. I'm looking yep. up vegan bacon right now, trying to figure it, out what that might you would be. Prob- if I made you a BLT mm-hmm. side by side with the most luscious, beautiful pig bacon and fake and bacon, right? So- soaked in liquid smoke and 
fried in the skillet, I think you would be pretty. Uh, I'd be impressed. You'd be pretty shocked. You would be impressed. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not going to say no. I, although this recipe I found says it's um, made in grapeseed oil, and I am very, it's funny, of all the things I'm not, I am very particular about what kind of oils I take in or don't take in. Grapeseed is one of them I don't I don't eat. Um, that, so, okay, so you're telling me that you could get fake bacon to a point where it tasted like real bacon, but you mentioned a lot of different things. Do you make it yourself or do you buy it somewhere? A lot of the brands now have the fake and bacon tempeh ready to go, marinated in a little packet. Okay. You throw it in the skillet for five minutes, it's ready to go. Got it. Um, I do make, like, I'll make my own marinades with, like, liquid smoke, um, some oils and spices, and leave it in there to marinate in the fridge. And um, it's it's good. It's yeah. um. I made a BLT the other day. It's one of my favorite lunches, actually. Maybe maybe that's what I'll have for lunch today. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was so impressed. It had the most luscious local tomatoes sliced thick mm-hmm. with um, vegan mayonnaise, homemade bread, because everybody's making bread right now, right? Yeah. Um, um, that's like the thing. Oh, I made bread today. Um, and I said, hey, honey, try this. You're You're going to be shocked. And my wife was like, I'm impressed. <laughs> now, does she does she eat plant based? She does not. She okay. will eat, you know, meat. She does not eat dairy. Um, Tell me about the fist fight about when the baby started eating food. When, when did you? How does that? Like, I, I'm imagining, like, you're a Protestant and she's a Catholic, and we're trying to decide how, like, what religion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when 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 the eating thing comes up, how does that work? Like, how does your how does your your oldest eat my daughter oh my daughter eats a normal diet okay um will get her regular yogurt um and like for the baby i don't care um yeah. i'm easy going what like whatever i i'm not gonna you know spread my uh plant-based preachings on other people <laughs> i don't care how you eat it's whatever whatever makes you feel good if right if, if eating nothing but steak makes you feel good, yeah, go for it. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> so I couldn't even put, throw a soapbox in front of you. You couldn't really even get up and 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 preach about plant based. It really is just about what's right for you. Absolutely, and yeah. that that was my decision uh, with eating that way uh, for you know my diabetes and for the way I feel. Actually, yeah. it's it's my mind is it feels clearer. Um, I I joke that um, it made me wittier with my wife, you know, like I can get to the punch. And, <laughs> and uh, but um, she's laughing more. You're saying? Well, I, that's my bad dad joke. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, hey, I'm funnier, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet you she doesn't agree with that at all. As a matter of fact, I was hilarious the other day in public. Matt, I'm not going to lie to you. There were people around me just gathered around. Everyone was having a good time. And I looked at my wife, and my wife had a look on my fa- on her face that said to me, oh, yeah, hear this. This one. He's going to tell this one again. Then he's going to roll into that story. That And then they're all going to laugh because they've never heard it before, and I'm stuck here hearing it for the 37th time. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, we are so similar. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this whole pandemic, you know, I'm not, we're not around our normal group of people because you see one at a time instead of hanging out in a circle and, um, same exact 
story. Like uh, yeah. my wife's heard those jokes a hundred times. And uh, every time I get a chance with a new audience, um, you got to whip it like, out and uh, see what happens. Oh yeah. Gosh, I felt God, energized. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> hold on. These people don't know me. This'll be good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the best is when um, my wife will tell a funny joke and I won't laugh about it, but then I'll steal the joke around friends. And she's like, wait a second. That's my joke. <laughs> I'm the one that said that. And you'd pretended it wasn't funny. And then you were probably upset if she didn't laugh when you told it. Yeah. I understand how narcissism works. I got you. Uh, (laughs) Well, okay. So, all right, let's roll into one more meal. Like tonight for dinner, everybody's having one thing. What are you eating? I try to stay lower carb for dinners. Okay. um, Because I... I can eat anywhere from 7 p.m. to 10 because I, I never you never know what my schedule is going to be okay. um, with life. Um, so if I eat later, I, I just try to stay lower carb. So, um, you know, maybe a salad with some garbanzo beans and uh, whatever else I whip up. I use the Instapot a lot. I'm really big into eggplant. I mm. love eggplant. Um um, and I can throw something in the instant pot for 10 minutes and it's like this magical dinner I slaved over all day, but you press a button. Um, <laughs> that's pretty nice. Yeah. What about like, so, have you, when's the last time you had pizza? I'm imagining you'd have to make it for yourself and there's some sort of substitute for cheese, right? But this, everything else works. So how do you do that? So pizza, we will make at home cause my daughter loves pizza. Sure. She's a five-year-old, um, so I'll get the uh, dough pre-made in the bag at the grocery store. We'll roll it out and my daughter can put her normal cheese on it. And usually what I will do is I will just put the sauce down um, or just olive oil and then put whatever I want on it, like veggies or um, I do not like the fake cheeses. They have a weird consistency uh, for me, okay. I have yet to find a brand that I think tastes good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll make more of like a flatbread type. And then meal. maybe a little olive oil and vegetables or just a, yes. a red sauce and have a tomato pie kind of a thing. Absolutely. Gotcha. Yes. Um, and that's easy because you can throw both in the oven and everybody can eat the way they want to. And yeah. it's all good. That sounds nice. So. It really does. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just trying to wrap my head around because I, I think the reason I'm asking so much is because I believe that most people's idea would be either a, I don't want to just eat vegetables or how hard it would be to eat something new day after day after day. But you really don't have that feeling at all. Like you're just, I don't, I've been eating like that long enough that you just kind of have these meals in your back pocket. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of like on one of your episodes uh, you were talking about bolusing, how, you just kind of learn like, well, the moon is at um, waning Gibeus tonight, so I'm going to bolus this. You know, so it's like you kind of have these things in your back pocket that's like, well, tonight I'm having the eggplant uh, with tomato sauce base with some flatbread. And then you, you get used to it. It is harder at first. Um, there's a lot of really good cookbooks out there that will give you ideas because, you know, you're – diet is kind of limited, but there is a substitution for anything 
you like that is normal eating mm-hmm. pretty much. Are there uh, more you like God, I'm sorry. Like if you like bacon, there's bacon. If you like uh steak, there's steak type consistent things. So it's um you learn. It's a learning process. Yeah, I know. Um are there more carbs in plant based eating than people would imagine? Like how like how carb heavy are your meals? I think I think I'm going to say yes and no. So if you eat a lot of vegetables, mm-hmm. you could eat plant-based low carb ish. If you eat the heavy grains and the uh, potatoes and spaghetti and the wheat and bread, you could be very high carb. Um, so I think that question, it, it, it depends on, how you like to eat. Okay. So if it's more vegetables, there's going to be fewer carbs, I guess, unless yeah. you involve more roots and things like, like potatoes and yams and stuff like that. Like there's a little more there, but otherwise your other options are more flour grain based and which are going to bring carbs with it. Yes. So, but even like you could have a potato chip and be vegan and like my daughter has a vegan friend and i am fascinated by how poorly she eats because in my mind vegan means healthy that's you know my 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 leap and yet she's the kid who's in the snack drawer more than anyone else because she's she's positive there's no nothing from an animal in that drawer basically oh absolutely you can eat like an alley rat and still be vegan Got basically <laughs> um it's it's um it is actually pretty shocking what technically vegan foods can be like mm-hmm. you would never in a million years think but oreos are vegan right uh are, am i allowed to say brands <laughs> uh, yeah you can do whatever you want uh, like pringles uh are technically vegan. Well, sure. So you could eat so a styrofoam. You could eat a can of Pringles <laughs> <You're right. laughs> for, for dinner, hovering over the sink, you know, and right? <laughs> and and tell everyone you're a vegan. <laughs> so, yes, absolutely. So, so there is a way for me to be an incredibly unhealthy vegan. One hundred percent. Well, as long as I can be involved, then that's fine. I could be vegan too. <laughs> Finally, I I could change my eating habits up and and maintain my level of. Uh, actually, that's not true. As I get older. I just, there's uh, fewer like junk food, I guess, type things that I'm willing to tolerate. And they just don't, I've come to believe that as I get older and my body gets older, it's less capable of overwhelming the hell that is the poorly constructed food and, you know, things that aren't, have any natural ingredients in them whatsoever. (laughs) Um, You know, I used to be able to eat a bag of Doritos and it meant nothing to me. And now if I see a Dorito, I think, oh. I would never eat that. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's interesting because I put it in my body and my body would fight against it the whole way through. It would just be like, I, this shouldn't be in here. Um, yep. But that does come with age a little bit. People will find out sadly as they get older. Um, <laughs> you drink coffee? I drink, I live off of coffee. Okay. Um, so my job, if you want to call it that, I'm, I'm self-employed stay-at-home dad. So I own a mobile espresso business. So I always have the espresso machine on. Um, I am basically like a 
caffeine addict. Um, <laughs> it's nonstop. It's it's bad. <laughs> Matt, I didn't mean to like. I didn't know if that was something you did or didn't want to um, share, but. I, I feel like we've hit into something, a mobile espresso business. You bring me a cup of coffee. So I, y- yes, I own, it's a Vespa Ape. It's a three wheeled scooter from Italy. Dude, I'm already on your Instagram. Go ahead. Keep talking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I fabricated an espresso machine and all that good stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So I cater to, movie sets, um, weddings, corporate events. Um, right now work is kind of dead because everything I do is event based. Uh, There's no, there's no movies being filmed, (laughs) no TV shows being filmed. So, um, but like I, I got to do some cool things. Um, I did the uh, set of, um, house of cards when they were filming it around here. Um, Veep, um, a few other movies and documentaries. It's fun. That's Um, cool. So I, I, you know, make espresso for famous people and come home and be like, hey, honey, Robin Wright today told me, uh, hey, Matt, sweetie, your cappuccino is delicious. She's like, well, maybe Robin Wright can pack your lunch tomorrow. <laughs> See, I don't think she's going to because she, she wasn't putting up with Sean Penn. I don't think she's going to put up with me either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a really interesting. So what part of the country are you in? I am right outside of Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's really, I did not expect you to say that. I was just wondering, like, my thought process was most people can't live without coffee. So I want to make sure to ask while everybody's telling me how they eat, if coffee fits into their diet or not. I've never had a cup of coffee in my entire life. You know, I call you those weirdos. I don't know how you live. (laughs) Do you you snort Coke? What do you do? I don't do any drugs. I don't drink. And I don't. And you'd think I'd be in better shape even just for that. But it's just it's it's nature's joke against me, honestly. Um, Now, I don't think I say it on here every once in a while. I don't think I've had the equivalent of of a, a case of beer in my life, maybe. You, you know, and um, I, my parents drank coffee all the time. There was constantly coffee in a coffee pot in my house. I never remember having any aversion to it. Nothing bad happened. I wasn't burned by a cup of coffee at a young age or something like that. And uh, <laughs> it just never occurs to me. I have an incredible amount of like mental or intellectual energy. And I, when you stimulate me, it goes way too far the other way. Like I'd be the worst person to be drunk with, I think. Although, <laughs> although I'm guessing, and I think if you gave me a cup of coffee, you'd you'd probably like bind and gag me until it wore off. I just I would go un <laughs> like look how fast I talk now. Uh, yeah, I don't do that. I drink mainly unsweetened iced tea and water throughout my day. Um, I try not to have too much caffeine or sugar, and. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I see everybody loves their coffee. You want to love it. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like one of those things that would be absolutely amazing. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't strike me for yep. some reason. Okay. So let's talk about bolusing for your diet. So this morning, avocado toast. I'm going to guess, is it one slice of avocado toast and a half of an avocado? I'm going to try to guess yeah, your carbs. It depends on how hungry I am. Um, but Sometimes I, it's two. Okay. So what do we? Full avocado. (laughs) So okay. So full avocado. 
I'm guessing at around 14 carbs. And depending on the toast, you like somewhere between 15 and 22. Yep. Right? About right there. Okay. Yep. And um, there's fat in the avocado, which people wouldn't think about, which would probably stretch out your you need for your bolus. Is that true? Does this need like some sort of an extended or something like that? Correct. Nice. Yes. Um, I recently, um, thanks to thanks to you, actually, the podcast. Oh, well, hold on. Slow down. Yeah. Speak clearly. Is this the part where you say something nice about me? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yes. Go ahead. Go is, ahead. Um, Take your time. Let me be quiet. I recently, you know, went on loop from listening to um, the looping episode, I think, with Katie DeSimone, right. who is amazing. Um, and I joined the, the Facebook group. Um, so now with loop, it's a new way of thinking for me as a diabetic, um, because the last 30 years, I thought differently, basically. Tell me. So so now instead of being like, okay, this meal has 40 carbs, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to bolus for that. I did this advanced diabetic ninja trick. I, that has been working amazing for me where, um, I will bolus like half or three fourths of the suggested bolus that loop tells me to, because I never know what I'm going to do outside. Like if I'm going to do yard work. So like, right. Previously, you'd have all this insulin on board and that's it. You got it. It's there. You're getting it. Yeah. Um, where now with loop, I can do like half of what it suggests. I can go outside and mow or pick up sticks in the yard or whatever. Mm-hmm. And loop kind of, you know, because it adjusts every so often, like what, every five minutes it makes a decision. Well, it's getting it kind yeah. of equalizes itself out. Um where I don't go too low or too high. That's nice. Um, yeah. That's and excellent. I'm actually going to try to do the um, auto bolus branch coming up. Uh, I've heard great things about that. I um, recommend that one. Okay. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I I made the loop at the beginning of the pandemic. It was like, you know how it is. I, yeah. I was all nervous. I sat down. I read all the documents. and. Um, and I have yet to update it because I'm like, I don't want to lose something great that I had. <laughs> well, the great thing about that auto bolus branch, in my opinion, is that it really, the only difference in it is that there's a switch to turn the auto bolus off or on. So if you put it on and you hate it, just shut it off and you still just have, shut it off. And you have the old version yeah. then like that, or the functionality, at least of the, of the older version, which isn't older. It's still being updated. And I think it was just updated recently, actually. And people use it all the time with a lot of success. Yeah. So the podcast has been helpful for you. How long have you been listening to it? Probably about a year. Um, I would make it my daily habit when I did go to the gym. (laughs) I would play an episode and run on the treadmill and lift my weights. And uh, that's excellent. um, But yeah, um, and it is, I, I have to thank you. It's a new way of thinking. Honestly, it's like, uh, I like to joke with my friends being like, yeah, I'm a, I'm an advanced diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a podcast. <laughs> I think we're going to start calling you all juicers or something like that. That might be funny. Um, <laughs> well, first, thank That's very kind of you to say, and I appreciate it. I, I steadfastly maintain, uh, if you were to talk to me privately and I wasn't being goofy for this, that I've 
shared some tools and you're using them. It's all you. You know what I mean? Like you just heard ideas you hadn't heard before. But the reason I enjoyed hearing that from you is because you've been diabetic for so long. And everyone I bump into wants to immediately say, oh, your podcast must just be listened to by parents of kids with diabetes. Because those people, you know, they're more careful or they're more involved or blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I, it's about 50-50. I have adults living with and, and parents of. And I, I, I get to see that actually because of the private Facebook group. When people come in, they say what their relationship to diabetes is, which is incredibly helpful for me to know who I'm talking to. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not surprised by it. I'm surprised by how many people are surprised by it that they don't recognize that the way insulin works is the way insulin works. It'll work for you the same way it works for my daughter. And people are different within, of course, there's small variables and some people are different and there's outliers and everything. But most of people, it's the same. Insulin goes in, it has a certain amount of time before it works. You're trying to balance that insulin against, you know, the the action of the food. And you're just trying to make this, this, you know, a fair fight between the food and the insulin. That's not specific from me to you or from you to my daughter or anything else. So Absolutely. I'm always I'm always a little weirded out when people are like, Oh, that's just for kids, right? And I'm like, why does it like why do you think it matters? Timing your bolus is just important for children. Um, before we move on, and please do be honest, and I'm being serious to be honest, in your mind, who's more famous, me or Robin Wright Penn? Go. <laughs> oh, you definitely. It is definitely me. No, I mean, <laughs> definitely. She's a better actress, but I mean, for you personally, I'm more important. I, I, I think hey, that's she, right. She, she's better looking. I'm sorry. She's well, yeah, <laughs> a, a absolutely gorgeous woman. But I, um, and I, I can't compete on that level. But I, I think I'm. I, at least I don't know if more famous is the right way to put it, but. I am definitely more important. I, I'm saying in a rowboat situation with a leak, and one of us has to go over to save two others. Robin Wright pens in the water, right? Oh, 100%. She, 100%. she never she never taught me no. about, you know, loop or anything like that. So. Who's going to help you bolus for those coconuts when we get to the desert island? <laughs> I got to be honest with you. If you don't push me out of the boat immediately, I'd even be disappointed. <laughs> I'd be like, what's he doing? I'd push you out and get her back. <laughs> Nevertheless. Um, all right. So prior to looping bolusing for your way of eating anything special people should know about it my bolusing worked fairly the same uh you you know i would pre-bolus before a meal Mm -hmm. the only difference would be um like i said you would bolus and you could cancel a temp basil on the omnipod but it didn't make the decisions based on what you were doing. Right. What is what I love loop for? Like if I get on the treadmill and forget to do a, um, override mm-hmm. that, Hey body, I'm exercising loop. Most of the times figures it out. Like after like 10 minutes of running, it's like, Dude's doing something. His blood sugar's falling. Start taking we better cut. Out. We better start cutting. And it's very, very seldom that I'll go and drop 
to where I have to get off and drink juice or whatever. Have a Starburst, um, which I see you have Starburst on your desk for our conversation today. That, that is my um, go-to. It's quick. and <laughs> You know, I never ask people, but um, and I don't see most of the people. You just have a great internet connection, so we're looking at each other. But I don't see most people while I'm recording, which I'd like to change in the future maybe. But um, but I can hear people eating and checking their blood sugars in the background. I never mention it. I wonder if people listening can hear it. Like sometimes you'll just hear like, you know, like there's a click in the background or something like that. I'm like, somebody's checking their blood sugar right now. Or, or you'll, you'll hear a little fumbling around and some rappers or something. And I leave it in the show. Cause I think it's interesting. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. It's real life. I mean, that is what we deal with. So it's like, you know, why well, <laughs> as well hear it. Right. Um, yeah. okay. So, Bolusing, you were just using a lot of the skills from the podcast. You were doing temp basal increases and decreases and spreading out insulin and and that kind of thing, just lining up insulin with the impact. And that was working. But what you like about loop is that it can take basal away when it sees you getting low. I think that's a no brainer. Um, I think that whether it's tandem, you know, whatever their, their loop, their loop system is called IQ or something like that or if it's going to be the forthcoming Omnipod 5, or Medtronic's got another one coming out you know, next year. Um, I, think, I think that everyone who wants it and can afford it should at least try it. I, I think you should think about it the way we thought about Fiasp. Like, all right, well, let's see what this does. You, you know, because maybe you're going to have a great experience like Matt did, and, uh, and it'll change your life a little bit. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And I... Um... I recently, my endocrinologist was hanging out with me at my house. We're, we're buds. And, um, I showed him the loop and like, uh, you're not going to make me stop coming to see you. Right. Because technically it's not FDA approved. And, right. uh, and he's like, no, like, and we were both discussing and I think within the next decade, pretty much every diabetic will be on a looping system. It's the first thing to happen. That's a huge advancement. Um, It's to me, it's like, I say I'm three fourths cured. (laughs) feels like Um, it sometimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like stable your blood sugars can be. I rarely go high. The only times I go high is things that are out of my control. Like, a bad site yeah. or um, whoops, I forgot the bowl. It's all on me. Right. Um, so I, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, That's Arden's blood sugar for the last six hours. Beautiful. Like Don't it, you love it? Yeah. It's just, it's between, <laughs> I mean, it's between 80 and she hit 120 for a second. I'm going to be honest with you. What happened was she got out of bed and she went and got cleaned up and got ready for school. And I know she walked away from the Riley link. Yep. So right when she started to drift up because she was feet on the floor, she didn't get a little insulin. And I did nothing, nothing to fix that. And she rose at 7.59 to 1.30. And by 8.39, she was back under 120. And by 9 o'clock, she was 100 again. And now, yeah. now she's um, 90. And she's been 90 for like the last hour. So yep. that is just, that's a, a a weight lifted that, I mean, listen, do you want me to make a prognostication right here? You'll have a steak one day <laughs> and 
my podcast will get put out of business eventually by algorithms. It really will. When it ends, it's going to end because of algorithms. I am going to have taught everyone in the world how to use them. And then there's <laughs> going to be no reason to talk about diabetes anymore. Knock on wood. Or we can move there'll, on to the psycho- more psychological that stuff. Will, that'll yeah. hit, you know, like. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, please. Uh, listen, I love doing this podcast. I hope something else new comes up that we all have to learn. <laughs> but but no, seriously, like not that not that talking about diabetes wouldn't be necessary uh, because I think there's a lot of benefit in that part of it, too. But just the management side of it, like when you really think about this show over the last six years. This show is is when you're talking about insulin at its core, me explaining the convoluted way that I broke down how insulin worked and how you can put it into practice in your life and how we have. And at some point, if you have a CGM and a pump with an algorithm in it, it's going to be about getting your settings right and pre bolusing yes. on time and yep. not much well, more. Well, that, that's the, the thing too is like, I like to say garbage in, garbage out. You still have to know that like, you don't hop in a car and when you're 16 and just go. You have to learn all the fine, you know, how to turn, put the key in and turn it on. It, it, There'll be it's, something it's to talk about still. Yeah. yeah, but it just yeah. won't be, I won't be, although, you know what, in, in fairness, most people are still not going to be able to afford this stuff. And it is short-sighted of me to even say that because while I have a lot of interaction with the people who have pumps and have glucose monitors, there are plenty of people listening who do not have those things and don't have a pathway to them either. And, and I think those people are always going to need that conversation. I'm just thinking that there's maybe I'm wishful thinking that one day it's not going to be necessary for someone like me to sit down and say, okay, now you put your insulin in here and you wait this amount of time. Then you start eating. Try not to eat that first, eat this first, because we want the digestion to like, you know, and then we'll spread it out. We'll do a nice extended bolus over two and a half hours, and that should take care of the fat and protein. Like, I'm hoping not to have that conversation anymore. But um, at the same time, when if you really ask me to describe it, I haven't just dumbed it down for the show. I, I genuinely believe this. It's just there's a timeline where the food impacts your blood sugar. And during that timeline, you have to equally impact the food with insulin. And that's just sort of it. You know, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't see another, another, I don't see a reason to think of it in a different way, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But yeah. And insulin always works. You just have to know how to manipulate it with all those variables, um, which can be like rocket scientists to some people and second nature to others. I think if you notice when I'm talking to Jenny, I'll use a phrase when the insulin's doing what I expect it to do. And in my mind, what that means is we have a good pathway for the insulin to get into Arden's body. So a site that's working well, and then I do something. I know what the insulin's supposed to do based on what I did. Like I'm so aware of the amount I'm using and the timing I'm using. I know what's going to happen. And when that doesn't happen, if there's good insulin delivery, it's easy for me to fix because the variables that everybody, you know, talks about, there's so many variables. There aren't as many variables for me, but it's just because I've seen it so many times. Like, I don't know if you can see this now and I don't know what this is going to say because I haven't seen this in a while. So I'm following five people's blood sugars right now. And with the exception of somebody who I just started talking to yesterday, I've got 91 95, 
a 68 and a 79. And so, and a 91, which is my daughter's. So all those people, all of them are just doing what I do. That's it. And they're all having reasonable. And one of those lower blood sugars is a person who's switching to a pump today. So they have Traceba left over in them and they're trying to get a pump going. So his little lower blood sugar is going to come up really soon. And I, there's part of me that wants to, uh, that wishes I could make that public. That, that you could look and go, look, Scott's following and helping five. I'm just texting with him. I'm not there. I'm not, I don't know exactly what they eat. I'm just like now a little more, a little less, turn it up, turn it down. I talked to him for a couple of days. They're people. Sometimes they're people I owe favors to. Sometimes they're people, you know, I, I, I just are in such bad ways that I, I, I think it's not going to help them if I don't talk to them uh, or they get into a bad spot where listening to the podcast um, isn't possible for them for certain reasons. And, all I know is you use the tools, use them about the way I tell you to use them, and it works. And that's it. Yep. So yep. hopefully it, it hopefully that's what happens. All right. What am I not what are the pitfalls of plant based eating? Tell me one of the things that you really hate about it that you shouldn't even admit to other people. Is there anything? Oh, well, I would say the social aspect of it. Um like I I won't say peer pressure, but like you go to a potluck or something and you know uh aunt trudy is excited that she just made these delicious cupcakes and is like you gotta try one you gotta try one of these and you're like i know that's loaded with 10 pounds of butter and uh and then there's this social aspect of like oh i don't want to like make somebody feel bad and be like well i can't eat that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) um that for me is the hardest part um and then like going to restaurants can sometimes you can be that annoying person and being like well what's in this what's in this what's in this um so uh we rarely go out to eat of course now (laughs) we're not going out to eat but uh when we do it's to places that i know what the menu is um right and honestly, with a soon-to-be six-year-old and a baby, who knows how often we'll go out to eat anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, if everybody suddenly didn't have Corona anymore, you're still not going anywhere for about a year. <laughs> That's yeah. <for> sure. <laughs> uh, so just the idea of it's it's different enough that it's noticeable and you might end up like hurting someone's feelings or asking a waiter, like, please make sure you use a pan that hasn't had butter in it or something like that. Like you actually would have to say, I'm, I'm completely vegan. Like I don't want any animal based stuff. And then do you think that people who don't see, even though it's not your perspective, people who don't think about animals the way, uh, like a classic vegan might think about it, look at you and like, Oh, this soft guy doesn't want us eating a cow. Like, do you, do you, do you, do you think there's that too? Like, do you think, Oh, 100%. Yes. Um, I come across so often of like, I very politely say, Oh, no, no, thank you. I don't want to eat your cookies one because I'm diabetic and (laughs) because (laughs) I I know there's butter, (laughs) butter in it. Um, And some people just have a difficult time when you are different than what they are used to. It's like, wait a second, you don't eat butter. Why? Yeah. Why don't you do this? And now you're explaining yourself you're, and you don't want to be telling anybody, you, you don't need to explain yourself, right? Like that must be terrible. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I choose to not eat this way because it makes me feel better. Um, and even sometimes for some people, they can't grasp that either. Like you don't eat like me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's no different probably than a lot of, um, social division in a lot of different ways. I would think, honestly, Absolutely. You, you're, you're, you're quote unquote too different. And so there must be a reason there's something wrong with you or you're making me feel like there's something wrong with me. And then there becomes, you know, that kind of like clash. It's interesting. It really is. Yeah. Do you yeah. avoid telling people in situations where you don't need to? Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. I am not that person of, Hey, did you know I'm vegan? <laughs> in a crowd of a thousand people, do you think you'd have more acceptance telling people you have type one diabetes or that you don't eat meat? <laughs> oh, Type one diabetes, hundred percent, right? Yeah, I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, I don't know, he's wearing a thing on his arm, but at least he'll eat a cow. Uh, <laughs> poor cows, how did it happen to them? They are delicious, though. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem. Your meat is too delicious. What are you going to do? I mean, a sausage. Think about a sausage from a pig. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> is there anything you miss? Yes, like. I, I'm right outside of Baltimore. I love crabs. Um, I always say if I break my diet, though, it will be at a crab feast. Um, For seafood? One, 100%. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I imagine there had to be something that you're just, I'm interesting when I eat, I don't particularly have. Like you couldn't say to me, hey, let's go here for dinner and make me like, oh, my God, that's an amazing thing. We have to do that. I'm not a real oddly a food person. Um, I do appreciate good food versus average food. Um, I have learned to like, you know, I, I I use a smoker to smoke some meats, you know, and there's an obvious um, it's just obviously better. And there's. um I got making pizza and I I'll make the dough myself and you know like like take the time to cook it at a temperature where it comes up the way you expect it from a from like a you know from a restaurant and I can see the difference in that I can see if you like cold ferment pizza dough that it digests easier like like yeah. little, little stuff like that um but having said that I would eat a slice of pizza from a boardwalk in 3 seconds and you know, think nothing of it. And then 10 hours later go, Oh my God, I still don't feel well from that terrible slice of pizza that I ate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it just really, yeah. eating's an interesting thing. It just really is. Yeah, Quality makes a difference. You're right though. Yeah. It, yep. No, I, I hear it. I, I really do. So is there anything that you would want to tell people that we haven't talked about? I would say, um, one of the, best outcomes, which I wasn't even expecting were my labs. Um, my A1C has always been, you know, great in range. Um, but like my cholesterol and, um, triglycerides and everything else, um, I was hovering at high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Um, we have chicken pet chickens. So, uh, previous to choosing plant-based diet, I would eat like six hard boiled eggs a day. And my cholesterol was, I think 190 hovering, like my endocrinologist was like, eh, what's going on here? 
like, oh, I have pet chickens. And <laughs> I don't want to waste um, those eggs. <laughs> but um, after choosing plant-based diets, my labs were just the best I have ever seen. Okay. Um, yeah. My, I think my cholesterol last time was like 110 total. Mm-hmm. Um, and my performance, I'm, I'm not a, <laughs> anywhere near a professional athlete level, but like running, I don't get winded as quickly. I can go further. I can go longer. I recover quicker. Um, and I, I attribute it to the plant-based yeah. diet. Um, if you had your exact diet that you have right now, but three times a week you had, I don't know, chicken or beef or fish, you're saying that you would feel differently physically, um, like not as well. I'm assuming like inflammation, aches and pains, stuff like that. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like my, I noticed my joints would be sluggish. Mm-hmm. Like I am uh, how, 37. Is that how old I am? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I get up and, ah, uh, but I don't experience any of that yeah, anymore. That. Wow. Um, that's pretty, that's yeah. amazing. That's uh that is definitely, I mean, I'm 10 years older than you and I, uh, I think I'm more than 10, but let's just say I'm 10 years older than you. And I, uh, I, I know what you're saying. My hands hurt sometimes and they're achy and, you know, I do, I wonder, uh, what all that is about. If it's just me getting older, if I'm eating something and taking something in that I don't want. My, my, one of my last questions for you is, do you have to supplement with anything? Is there anything you're not getting in your diet that you have to take through vitamins? I do take a multivitamin mm-hmm. just to make sure that I get all the vitamins and minerals that I need that might be left out. Um, I get plenty of protein. Um, you know, I probably get 90 grams a day, which for my body is, is fine for me. Um, I think it's obvious that you found the way to eat that really works best for you. So I, I assume that's really what everybody should be doing um, is eating the things that make their body perform the way, you know, that it should. So it's really, yes. it's really cool that you Ab- found it. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. I appreciate you sharing all this with me and with everybody. I see a very pregnant woman behind you. <laughs> that is her and my daughter. And a cute little girl. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Uh, that's lovely. Well, um, is that a boy or a girl? Do you know? We don't know. Um, with number two, my wife said that we could find out. And when it was time, she didn't. And she gets to make the decision. So uh, I understand. we did. We, so we didn't know. Um, with my daughter, um, we didn't know either. And when she came out, the doctor was like, Dad, do you want to call it? And she had her little legs closed and it was, I say it was like scratching a lottery ticket off. I had to literally <laughs> had to check. Like, peel the legs apart. And I was like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That is a, that's a nice story. It really is. Well, yeah. that's, that's, I, I, uh, I was supposed to cut the cord, but then I couldn't panic situation, something medical. And then when it was over, I felt like so disappointed by it. And, uh, <laughs> It stuck with me for a while. I don't know why with Cole. And then with Arden, I don't know what happened. Now, I can't. I couldn't tell you for certain if I caught Arden's cord or not. I really don't know. So that's you know, how old I am. It all becomes a blur. <laughs> yeah. 
get ready for that when you get older, everybody. <laughs> Just going. <laughs> I vaguely remember being there when a human life came into the world. Couldn't tell you much about it. <laughs> really is a, a delightful thing getting older. Well, I, I'm I'm I think it's really cool that you figured this out and that you shared it with people. Um you're saying there are some really good cookbooks people could try. And uh I think if they're interested in it, they should give this a whirl. It obviously sounds inexpensive, honestly. It's cheaper to eat this way, right? Or no? I think yes and no. I think you can eat on a very tight budget plant-based mm-hmm. and you can eat very expensive if you want to so some of the um, things that are made by companies that are pre-packaged and ready to go can be more expensive is that right yeah and then there are um i think is it gwyneth paltrow has a cookbook and if you dissect the meals they come out to be like 300 dollars a meal <laughs> so it's like all these rare spices that are brought in from an elephant train from you know, this country. <laughs> so, yeah, I meant for yeah. regular people, not people who, uh, yeah, who, yeah, who read the goop website, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we're not going to talk about some of the things that Gwyneth says you should do with your vagina because I think it sounds unsafe. <laughs> She's got a very strange website. Let's just say that. Anyway. All right, Matt, I really appreciate you doing this and taking the time. Uh, this was, this was wonderful of you to do. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh, I appreciate what you do, and um, you're, thank you for being there for us. It's my pleasure. It really is. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to remind you to go to the T1D exchange at t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. Help move things forward. And a huge thank you to the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Upgrade your blood glucose meter game at contournext.com forward slash juice box. A few quick reminders. Are you looking for those diabetes pro tip episodes? You can find them right here in your podcast player beginning at episode 210 or at diabetesprotip.com. Have a great doctor that you use for your type 1 diabetes care or need one? Check out juiceboxdocs.com. Has the show been particularly helpful to you or do you enjoy it? Leave a fantastic five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening in an app, please subscribe. It helps the show immeasurably. Hit subscribe now. I'll wait while you do it. Are you done? You got it? Okay, great. If you're looking for an app, there are plenty, and they should be free. Never have to pay to listen to this show. Go to juiceboxpodcast.com. Right across the top of the page, you'll see listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, get it on Google, Amazon Music, Available on Pandora. Subscribe on your Android. Ask Amazon Alexa. And we're actually even on Amazon Music right now. I'll have to add that to the list. And we just got added to Audible. So if you listen to a lot of books on tape, I guess that's how you still talk about them, even though there's no tape involved. Uh, You can also listen to the Juicebox podcast right there on Audible. There are a bazillion great ways to listen. 
None of them should cost you anything. You should not have to pay for a podcast app. Again, those are right at the top of juiceboxpodcast.com. While you're there, check it out. There's a lot going on there. You can get a link to the private Facebook group. There's a great A1C and blood glucose calculator and conversion. It's really wonderful. Made by a listener. You can like, you know, put in mimi moles, right? Like say you're in Europe and you're like, listen to the podcast and people are saying, my blood sugar was 120. You can type in 120, click on MGDL, and it tells you that over there in the Europe, that means 216. It even tells you what your average A1C would be if that was your average blood sugar. It even has an A1C thing, right? So you can put in your A1C of, ah, my A1C is 5.5. Oh, well, that must be an average blood sugar of 111 if you're in the Americas. Or on other places, MMOLL, 6.2. It's a really cool little calculator. It's absolutely free. Check it out right there on juiceboxpodcast.com. 